It's goosebump time in Oxford, Mississippi. It's Podcast Rebellion. We're back at it again here in the Second Line Studio. I'm your host, Zach Barry. Joining me, as always, Nicholas Carr. Uh, Nick, welcome in on this Monday edition. A lot of stuff happened today. Oh, a lot of stuff happened. I think a lot of stuff's going to keep happening. Yeah, we can't really touch on it because it'll probably uh, be obsolete by the morning. Um, we'll have that discussion another day. Uh for this evening, we uh, we have a special guest joining us. Uh, I say special, and I mean that uh, in all sincerity. Uh, very excited for this one. Uh, Michael Whitson is here of Old Try. Michael, welcome into the show. Thanks, thanks for having me, guys. So we're going to get to the business and just starting all of that and how you came up with the idea. We're going to get to we're going to get to the the details in the second segment. First segment, uh, we're just going to kind of let you take it and run with it here. Uh, Ole Miss is obviously, or, or not Ole Miss, the state of Mississippi is looking for a, uh, a new state flag. Uh, I, I guess I should say Ole Miss is too because they haven't flown the flag uh, on campus for, I guess, what, five years, Nick? Yeah, four or five years, yeah. Yeah. Um, right? Yeah, that, yeah, okay, that's that's the, the one number I always remember. So they are too looking for a flag to fly on campus. But the state of Mississippi – is uh, essentially taking submissions and uh, trying to find a new state flag. Uh, you uh, entered a submission and um, made it to the second cut that was announced uh, today, I believe. So just go ahead and uh, you've got the floor. Tell us how everything just kind of came about and how you came up with the, the whole design and the whole idea. Yeah, right on. Um, well, I am an Alabamian uh, by birth, but went to Oxford in the late 90s to go to Ole Miss um, and have had a soft spot in my heart after, you know, spending five years in Mississippi. So um, when I when I saw that the kind of pressure was being put on this year um, for the flag to come down, you know, I was really excited to see what was happening when the SEC threw their weight behind it um, and helped get it, um, you know, get the ball really rolling. Uh, and then just seeing the, um, you know, the, the speed with which it, the process happened uh, was really exciting. We live uh, in, in Boston, um, but watching it from afar, you know, it was, it was great. And everyone, of course, knows that I'm a, a Southerner and, and a, a Mississippian um, as well, uh, or Mississippi sympathizer. Um, and so, you know, folks were talking about it. It was really, really exciting. Um, so saw, you know, kind of following along like everyone else, saw that there was going to be a committee that was put in charge of, uh, of the process. Um, and so then the, uh, you know, the, the first thing I did was like, how do I get on the committee? You know, then I was thinking who wants to be on the committee, man, that is going to be a, a, a hard, hard job, um, for, for these, you know, this group of, of nine people to sift through and sort through, uh, you know, hundreds and hundreds of, of submissions and try to find the right one that can represent, um, you know, all the different, um, peoples of the state of Mississippi. So, um, of course, I didn't get the call, didn't get the uh, the tap to come uh, be on the committee. Um, and we were on vacation, and I saw that they were accepting submissions for the flag. So 
I kind of let that rattle around in my head a little bit. Um, and I think it was initially maybe the first thing I saw was mid-August. So I was like, man, I got some time. It's no big deal. Uh, that and, and then something popped up and was like, you know, submissions are due, whatever it was, July 30th or something. And I was like, if I'm going to make this happen, I've got three days to do this. Um, and so uh, so then I came home and uh, and started um, uh, working on, on some stuff. Um, and let me know at whatever point that I'm just rambling and you're like, Stop so we can ask you a question. No, no, no. This no, this is great. I I want to hear the I want I want to get down to the bones of what happened. Okay. Um so so in thinking, you know, the requirements for the new flag were were um really simple. One, it can't have Confederate imagery. Wonderful. Two, it has to contain the phrase in God we trust. So those rules ruled out one of the flags, the hospitality flag also known as the Stennis flag, um, that has just been building a lot of support over the years um, in Mississippi. Um, and that was kind of a bummer because it's a really good, clean, sharp, thoughtful uh, design that already had people who supported it. Um, and so when that flag, you know, was was uh, based on the rules, when that flag was out, I was like, okay, well, I, I got I to gotta step in here and do something because now that Lawrence is out, um, you know, I got to make sure that there's not just, you know, I, I, I want to at least make sure there's one good option on the table. Not that there wouldn't be, but I can't sit back and then, you know, look at things and go, Oh, they should have done this or that. Um, and so, so knowing that the, that in God we trust had to be on the flag. The tricky thing is that in flag design, you don't want there to be any words that it, flags, <laughs> people being able to read, uh, you know, they they were originally banners to find your your you know the warriors on a field, so you know you know who you need to be stabbing and who who not, and it was you know <laughs> illiterate um, warriors, and so having <laughs> words, you know, that, that kind of is against flag best practices. Um, Mike, Micah, this is music to Nicholas's ears right now. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I was I was a big fan of the Stennis just because you know it, it didn't have anything on it and. When they when they came out and, and said that it was going to be required, I mean, I feel like that that really inhibited our possibilities because of you know you're going to have to have this and it's hard to do. I mean, if you want to put a flag on a bumper sticker or something, I mean, how small are those letters going to have to be? You know. Yep. Yep. And so w- what I did is, um, fortunately, the fact there have to be words. I'm like that. That's just like plays right into my uh, you know my love language. Uh, I absolutely love type and love typography and I love the letter shapes. And it's because I'm a really bad illustrator. I can't draw for crap, um, but I can kern some letters. Um, So what I wanted to do was rather than, rather than hide in God we trust, which is, um, you know, kind of the go-to if you're a designer and you're given an an assignment and you have like a, you know, an unsavory bit that you have to deal with. You're kind of like, I'll just tuck that over here in the corner where no one sees it. I really wanted to make that the hero of, of the design. And so I started from type. So before I got to any imagery, I was thinking, what would what would work on a flag? And not only what would work on a flag, but let's let's say we had a mulligan and it was 1817 and we just became a state and we're like, we need a flag as the new state of Mississippi. What would have been available uh, in the toolkit for a, a designer at the time to work from? Um, 
And so if you look at, you know, the original 13 colonies and, and then the other um, six states that were admitted before Mississippi and look at their their flags and kind of uh, symbolism um, and, and start there. Um, what I did was I started looking back in, in old type specimen catalogs. Um, and so before we had fonts, so so this is a uh, this is a little bit. Maybe you'll learn something here. So fonts are the way that we interact with type nowadays. Type used to be physical and used to be made out of wood or lead. And so that the wooden uh, and the wooden letters are called sorts. And so you are the phrase out of sorts comes from that. If you run out of letters, you can't communicate. You can't say anything. Wow. You're not making any uh, sense. Sorts. Okay. So, so people, type makers used to have catalogs and they would show the different sorts and the different letters that were available in the, the typefaces that they were making. And so you would, you would get a catalog and you would flip through it and you would look at letters rendered out in the, uh, you know, in the size that you would buy them at. And so you weren't looking at, you know, points at the time you were looking at pikas. Um, and so I was going back through type catalogs and, and found that, um, that in 1816, the very first sans serif uh, display type that was made that was commercially available. Um, and, I, and I was like, okay, that's freaking sweet because the ultra aesthetic that I like are, are a sans serif type, type without the little, you know, um, kind of fussy feet and legs that, you know, come off the top and bottom. Um, and so when I found this, this type that was, uh, didn't even have a name, it was just called two lines Egyptian. Um, I was like, I'm gonna start with that. And that's, that's where I'm going to, that's where I will kind of use as the cornerstone of this flag. I will set in God, we trust in type from 1816. You want to keep going? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cool. Okay. So started there. So then thought, okay, we've got the type. Visually, what would have been available there for a designer at the time? So in the, the Mississippi um, archives, there's this old uh, cast seal that was made in 1798. And it was brought down from Philadelphia. It was cast in Philadelphia and brought down by um, a judge from New Hampshire that was coming down to be on the um, the like territorial Supreme court or, or whatever it was called, but he was coming down and he brought this seal from, um, from Philadelphia. It was the nation's capital. And the seal said like territory of Mississippi, but the word Mississippi was misspelled. So it was M I S S I S I P P I. And it's in the archives. I'm like, well, that's, that's awesome. Like, that's what I'm going to start with. Uh, because there's some, some imagery on the seal that, that is the, um, uh, you know, the eagle and the, the shield and the crest kind of tucked inside um, the, the eagle's body there. But the fact that, that Mississippi was misrepresented by someone outside of the South from the very start, I thought was, was really um, kind of, kind of, a, <clears throat> excuse me, um, you know, kind of curious. And also like, that's the whole thing that I kind of fight against or want to talk about and represent when people say, Oh, Southerners are this or that. And I'm like, talk to me more about that. Why do you think Southerners are this or that? Because, um, you know, I'm a Southerner and I have some, some different thoughts on it. Um, so looked to the seal there. Um, and in, in the middle of the seal, there's this, um, this, uh, 
I don't know the right way to pronounce it. Um, and I think it's a eustachian, eustachian. It's the this very center part of like a coat of arms, and that's what what uh, you see on the Great River flag with the um, you know it. We always call them shields, but they have some other name that that goes back to blazonry. Um, but inside that shield, there was there was the the um, there was that with the thirteen um, vertical stripes. So uh, they had line demarcations in them because in the fine detail they had a lot of uh, stuff in there and so they had a a horizontal line going across the top like underneath the very tip top of the crown and then the vertical lines going north and south so i took that so we've got the type that would have been available in 1817 we have the shield that was on some mississippi swag in 1798 so a designer in 1817, could have taken both those things and started kind of futzing around with them. Good to go. Okay. Yeah, so th- this is perfect segue because I was wanting to get into the symbolism and just kind of how your your thought process went into, into the Great River Flag. So um, I-, I was reading the description that you put up on, on Twitter and just like how it seems like this – probably if this if this were me just the amount of research the amount of just historic just historical references and design to boot would have taken a week or so um so how how long did it take you to come up with this because i mean for those that haven't seen like the the tweet that you put out on july 27th of the great river flag and just kind of explaining each part of it is just like super super interesting you kind of got into it uh with the seal um you haven't talked about the star yet just kind of the vertical lines and um the river uh line that goes across it but uh, before you get into describing all that and for for the listeners how long did it take you to do this because i just i don't know i've i've dabbled with in design and things like that when i was in college but i don't do it now so somebody like you that does this for a living like is this a one to two day project or is this, was it pretty accurate when I said it was a week? So a lot of the, the work, you know, came up front and, and the research and, and just the thought process, the actual um, kind of stylus to, uh, to paper, um, you know, working in illustrator took me, I sat down one night, I did three or four different options of type and, and just wasn't feeling it. Um, so probably spent an hour and a half uh, on on some stuff and then uh had a couple of uh had a couple of gin and tonics and then this uh this other piece <laughs> came together in about 45 minutes it's like wow. writing a good song where you're like yeah. <laughs> man free falling he wrote it in like 12 minutes yeah okay. so I, I noticed well i was gonna say i noticed this is kind of more on the, on the submission have you had any like contact with the the committee uh, I mean, obviously, there's been a lot of, of flags chosen, I guess, to go to the second round. But have you had any? Have they spoken with you at all about you know your submission? I've not spoken directly with anyone from the committee, um, with the exception of at the at the. If you Zach said that it was the 27th that I had shared the um, the thing on Twitter, the 28th I got a, a Facebook message from someone who said, hey, um, have you submitted that yet? Could you send me a copy? And I said, I haven't submitted it yet. I'm going to do it today. Would love some more context as to, you know, what you'd like to use it for. And then uh, 
the person said, I'm on the flag committee. So, uh, so I knew early on it was in the hands at least of someone uh, uh, on the, on the committee, but haven't talked with that with them since. Do, do you think that there was, um, so there uh, today when, when they released the, the second round of, of flags that have made it, there was a, a flag very similar to yours. I mean, I say very similar. It was the exact design of your flag modified. That wasn't you. Do you think that that was the person that, that contacted you on the 28th? No. So if you, if you look at, um, when you work in digital files, you know, you have all these like naming structures. And so when they posted the, the things today, I saw that the first 15 flags were, were kind of mashups of other flags. And it said, um, they had like a prefix that was CS on them. And I assume that that's, uh, that that's a coding for um committee submission because they had said that they were given, you know, their job is just to provide good options. And so they opened up the submission contest, but were also given graphic designers at their disposal to kind of go, oh, we'd love to see this one over here mixed with that one and this third one. And so that um, I, I took to, to, to be encouraging, like, hey, man, they really liked what they saw and wanted to kind of get in and noodle with it some. And so then CS4 is the, you know, someone on the committee, I, I don't know who, um, but kind of trying to get in there under the hood and, uh, and mess around with some stuff. Yeah. Okay. Has, has anyone from the committee, I, I don't think they'd you know, they're not going to come out and say it point blank, but have they given you any indication that you're a serious contender or was it just kind of cut and dry? Like, Hey, we're from the committee. Send us that. Yeah, it was that at the beginning, um, and then submitted the submitted the uh, the PDF, and that's um, and that's the reason too that I am uh, just kind of cranking out so much content with this flag deployed all across the place, and it's not so that um, so that it has a better chance of becoming the flag because because honestly, I if if there's a better one out there and there's some really beautiful designs that, that have gone to the next round that I think could be really great representations for the state. Um, but I just wanted to, you know, it, if you can't visualize and you can't envision what something looks like, you, you do start tinkering around with it. And I wanted to just put it on a bunch of stuff so that anybody on the committee, you know, when they go, well, how is that going to work on a license plate? You're like, well, here's a way that you could start with it. Um, so that it doesn't take it, you know, so that there's additional context out there, whether or not the committee looks at it, I don't know, but it's definitely getting, you know, some folks, uh, excited about it. And I think they're reaching out to the committee. And so the committee is, uh, uh, I think well aware that, that this is out there. So how do you, this is a long ways away, but you probably would have an idea on this. How does it work from an intellectual property standpoint in case, in case yours is selected? I mean, are I would assume you kind of gave that part of that up whenever you submitted it to them. Um, I don't know. I, I would, I would view it as straight up public domain. Like that's, you know, what mm-hmm. flags were. Um, and that's the way that I view them. And, and so, um, yeah, it, it, there was nothing in the submissions that, you know, that said that, but, uh, they also don't have like the art files of any designers flag. They just have people's submissions. So, um, I, I presume there is something that will happen there with that, but yeah, man, it's like, uh, you know, patriotic music, just give it to the people. <laughs> so what's the, for those of us that aren't familiar, cause I'm not Nick, I don't know if you are, you, you might be, you're a little closer to this since you're in the state of Mississippi, but 
what's the timeline for, I guess, the next wave or, you know, when's, when is it, uh, when are they narrowing the field down? Yeah, the, they have got to get from these, this 147 that they released today to five by Friday. Oh, wow. How, how are they doing that? How are they going to get to five? Well, I mean, I don't know. Is, is there, is it, is it just based on meetings amongst themselves or is there any public way that you can show support for something and that might sway them? I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't think there's a, a public forum um, in particular uh, on the website that we built for the flag. Um, I put a link to the, um, to email the committee just to say, Hey, you know, throw out support of our flag. If you support it, like just send, you know, an email to, um, I'd have to look up what it is. It's like info at MA. Sorry, I should have had this ready. God, I'm botching it. <laughs> uh, oh, is it uh, MDAH underscore official? Yeah, MDAH.ms.gov. Yeah. 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 So Miss- Mississippi Department of Archives and History. Okay. Yeah. So that's uh, it, it's going in there, and that's kind of like the you know the official way to reach the committee. Um, and so I. I they are going to limit, they're going to, they're going to cull them down. And then what their plan is, and this is really cool um, because, you know, stuff is going to look cool or not cool on screen, but you really have to go out and get the, like, you know, the, the, the test going on. And so they're going to take the top five uh, and, and they're going to post them and have them then open for, for comment. Cause right now, technically I, I guess stuff's not open for comment, but they're going to open them up for comment to get the public to weigh in. But they are also, going to produce them on fabric and run them up a flagpole and kind of stand back, you know, and, and tilt their head sideways and look at them to see like, does that feel right? Does that look good? Like what, what does it do when the breeze blows it? Um, which is really cool. Like if I could, uh, you know, make it to the top five just to get it printed on fabric, uh, that would be pretty sweet. Yeah, definitely. Well, so you said there's 147 left, I believe. I didn't look through them all today. I kind of glanced at them. I thought there were more, and so my eyes kind of glazed over after like the first, you know, 50 or so. Did the yeah. uh, bicentennial flag, the one that looks like, I don't know, Yugoslavia and Missouri, and they slapped the state seal on it, did that make it to the final 147? Uh, I don't know what the Yugoslavian flag looks like. Well, it's it's that one. It's the one that, that if, you, if you recall, whenever this kind of battle was going down of them changing it, that I believe Phil Bryant and Roger Wicker kind of all came out in support of. It's just the the tricolor blue, white, red from top to bottom, and they just put the state seal on it. You, you may have no idea what I'm referencing. Oh, I, Zach, I, I know I, what you're talking about now. Yeah. Was was that in the in the final 147? Uh, it appears that it's a uh, number E1020. Hmm. <sighs> which um, okay. which may right. maybe so if we uh, if we go back to like the coding of these things. You know, if my um, Da Vinci code is right, then CS is, is committee submission. E may be executive, um, perhaps like one that came through, you know, one of the executives or someone in the executive branch. Uh, so ones that kind of have a little bit of, you know, extra weight thrown behind there. And then the other ones with, with the DNK, uh, maybe are general submissions. Uh, it just, just it feels like E probably, E probably stands for eventual winner here, if I had to guess. Um, <laughs> that's, that's what I'm afraid of. So I, the last thing I saw on Twitter that you had, and this is a couple days ago, 
that you had a, basically half a million views on the webpage for the for the Great River Flag. I mean, what are you up to now? And did you have any clue that half a million page views on this one you know thing that you've done? Uh, no, I, I didn't think that it would uh, that it would get that much traction quickly. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think the uh, the internet's pretty amazing, and um, you know, I. I feel like if you put good stuff out there, uh, you you will get the um, the right people will see it, uh, and I'm just excited that more people are seeing it because what what I what I want is ultimately whatever flag Mississippi picks, I do want to feel like that there was enough done to say hey y- you could have something really cool, really impactful, really beautiful, and if you end up with something else, that's okay. Like, but think you know it it could it could have been so beautiful. Um, and so, uh, you know, the fact that people are just coming over and looking at stuff, I, I think is great. Whether or not they want it for the state flag, totally understandable if they think there's something else that, that represents the state better. Uh, but I'd love them to kind of see um, something that I think represents the state treated in a way that's, uh, that, that's uh, you know, really, um, it, it brings out my pride of Mississippi. And, and I hope that, uh, you know, it strikes the same chord with folks there. So as we kind of head to the break here and we head to our second segment, I, I did want to ask you, did you, w- when you were doing this, and, and obviously we're going to talk about your successful business that, that you have started and maintain uh, that Nick and I both take advantage of all the time, but was this was this something that you did? Like you, you mentioned, you had a couple of gin and tonics to, to, get the, to get the creative juices flowing. Was this something that, you thought like I've got a legitimate shot at this, or was this? And look, and, and if it, and if the if the latter is correct, no shame in that. And you know, I will never knock the hustle. But was this also kind of like, well, if anything, like I'm going to get my name out there, and people will know about Old Try if they didn't already. It was um, it was a little bit of a mixture. It was more. I I kind of had said, you know, because the deadline is pushed up, I've got a night to spend really designing this thing. And I am either going to come up with three or four really great options and I'm going to just package them all together and send them off. So they have three or four options. And as I, because, you know, I do this for a living and so I'm comfortable with it. I'm like, I will get something that is professionally, you know, designed and looks good. It may not be the, the right thing, but when I hit on, this one thing in the great river flag, I just kind of bailed on all the other things I was exploring. Um, because I was like, this is it. I, I don't need eight horses in the race. I need this one. Cause I really believe in it. So last thing here, before we, uh, head to the break and talk on the other side about old try and Nick, feel free to, to chime in here. Um, give us your top five state flags. I have mine Ooh, picked out good one. and I, I think Nick and I are, pretty much almost identical in our top five but i want to ask you since you've obviously designed an actual state flag um i'm assuming you did a ton of research and looked at others for inspiration but what are your top five state flags there's no no criteria or really anything just kind of your what do you like yeah um well with old try like we've, we've remixed a lot of these and so i've spent a lot of time looking at them i think tennessee is is really beautiful ohio mm-hmm. uh you know, they got some guts going with that kind of you yeah. know, crazy shape. I don't even know what you call it. Um, I, d- I dig those both. Um, New Mexico is. Absolutely. It is. Oh, really yeah. Um, 
also like no way if you would open up New Mexico to like a a contest that you would get that thing. Someone would go like, yeah, it just represents. You're like, oh, you need to throw some more stuff in it. I'm like, no, it is it is so good, so clean. Um, I think that Indiana's is really sharp as well, even though it has the words in okay. it. Okay. Uh, that torch and, and the stars. What what is that? Four flags that I got now. Yes. Yeah, so you got Tennessee, Ohio, New Mexico, and now Indiana. So you got one more. Yeah, and uh, and my my bias is going to show with the with the Indiana flag, Alaska, uh, with just the the stars and the different yeah. on blue. Yeah. yeah, Nick, do you want to run I, through yours? Yeah, well, I, I want to say we talked about you know stepping out on a ledge there with the Ohio's flag. That they're being a little. I think you're stepping out on the ledge, picking Ohio a little bit. That's um, <laughs> that's a flag that I've never put in my top five. Uh, it looks like a a big Nepal flag to me, I guess, in, in terms of the shape. Um, I, yeah. you, you you named it. I mean, I think New Mexico is number one. I, the flag's immaculate. Um, Alaska's really good. Uh, Wyoming with the 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 buffalo, the bison, whatever you oh. want to say on it, just kind of in the middle, just kind of chilling there is awesome. Um, I really do like Tennessee's flag. I don't think it gets enough credit in terms of it's very simple. You got the, you can kind of put it on anything. Uh, the predators have put it on their logo, uh, you know, tons of times and made it the, the guitar pick for Nashville, but kept the three stars, you know, still representing the state. Um, and then I would say probably, probably next is, uh, South Carolina's is good. And then obviously California's, uh, with the California Republic and the bears is kind of a, a classic one as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, for me, New Mexico is probably number one and it's not close. Um, Colorado, I didn't hear anybody mentioning Colorado. I really like the simplicity, the contrast of colors, and it's just very, it it stands out. Like if you see it, it's something that it's kind of like everybody says about the Texas flag. Like it's very basic. It's very simple. If somebody saw that in Ireland, they would know it's the Texas flag. I feel like Colorado is kind of cut from the same cloth there. Uh, I uh, Nick mentioned a lot of mine, uh, Wyoming and um, South Carolina as well. I do actually like Oklahoma. I kind of appreciate mm-hmm. the nod to Native Americans, but I also just like that it just it's a you know a dream catcher type design, and it just says Oklahoma. Even though it has words on it, I appreciate the simplicity there. Um, and then I guess if I'm at three or four, I have to say Alaska. I love Alaska. And then if I'm going to go outside the box, since most of mine were already said, um, I don't know. I just even, another thing with words. I think the Montana flag is cool. Uh, the colored it, it's it's almost something that may not look good flying you know above a state house or you know on a flagpole but the design i appreciate with the detail and everything with the the color and again just says montana and that's pretty basic um all right so uh, moving on from the flag talk uh we're gonna hear a brief word from the sponsors and uh when we come back we're gonna have more with micah from old try so hang tight we'll be right back It's Zach again. 
Podcast Rebellion to remind you of our lovely sponsors here at the show. If you like New Orleans-inspired cuisine, go see Kelly English and the good folks in Memphis at Second Line or Restaurant Iris for some fantastic food and cocktails. You can also travel down to the coast to Magnolia House in Biloxi at Harris Gulf Coast. Blackjack, craps, slots, southern cooking, cocktails, what's not to like? All three fantastic establishments, part of the Kelly English Restaurant Group. Good food, good people, good cocktails. It can't be beat. That's Second Line, Restaurant Hours in Memphis, and Magnolia House in Biloxi. Speaking of good food, if you're in Oxford, go see Greg and the good folks at LB's Meat Market, the inaugural sponsor of this year's podcast, on University Avenue, across from Kroger. Celebrate with the best protein for your almost grilling needs with Greg and the rest of the folks there. And be sure to tell them that Red Cup sent you for exclusive deals and promotions. Remember, the Philly combo is back for just $10 right now. And you've got your lunch specials 11 to 3.30, Monday through Friday. That's LB's Meat Market on University, across from Kroger. Arby's is full of shit. LB's has the meats. Speaking of Oxford... If you're looking to get some libations going, be sure to check out Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery. It's a quick little eight-minute drive south of Oxford on Old Taylor Road, and it's the only spot in the Magnolia State for a true grain-to-glass gin experience. The space is fantastic. Chan and the rest of the guys there are doing some fantastic stuff. Uh, go there, get a tour, do a tasting, or you could do both. Inquire about maybe renting it out for a private event, maybe a anniversary, a wedding reception, a rehearsal dinner, something. The place is amazing. That's Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery in Taylor, Mississippi. And be sure to follow them on Instagram for all their latest updates and uh, comings and goings there at Wonderbird. Speaking of libations, if you're in Memphis, and you're looking to stock the cooler this year, Old Dominic on South Front Street is your place to go. Just like Wonderbird, you can go there for a tasting, for a tour, or both. And be sure to check out the rooftop bar, which is super awesome, has some great views of downtown Memphis, of the Mississippi River. Uh, you can try their Healing Station High Rye Bourbon, the Memphis Toddy, the Memphis Vodka, or the new Honey Bell Vodka. You can get it all there or at your local package store. So celebrate with that Healing Station bourbon a very small batch high rye bourbon by the folks at Old Dominic. It's a bold classic whiskey with notes of stone fruit, dark cherry, and just the right amount of spice and heritage that dates back to 1866. You can enjoy it neat or even in your favorite cocktail like an old fashioned. It's got a mash bill of 52% corn, 44% rye, and 4% malt. Healing Station stands alone in its category of high rye bourbons. So you could do that or you can enjoy a quick taste of Memphis Toddy before the game this weekend, and then you can wind down with that healing station afterwards. So, like we always say, ask your pa- ask, ask your package store where you can find Healing Station by Old Dominic. And, as always, OD encourages you to share a sip responsibly. And last but certainly not least, if you're in the market for a new vehicle, make it a Clark Ford vehicle. Corey Clark and the rest of the folks in Amory, Mississippi on Highway 25 are committed to finding you a new vehicle today. Be sure to browse their inventory online, request more information about the vehicles, set up a test drive, and inquire about financing all online. If you want to do it a little old school, maybe uh, conversate via telephone, you can give them a call at 662-257-1900. 
and get in a new Ford today. So before I forget and we get into the, you know, we start from the beginning, you tell us how you started this company, how you got to where you are today. Uh, I do have to ask, and I think our listeners will probably want to buy a print or two. Will you be designing a Ole Miss Baseball National Champions 2020 (laughs) print? I kind of feel like I got to, right? I mean, honestly, like, I'm not just saying this because this is an Ole Miss podcast and I'm an Ole Miss fan. I do think you would sell quite a bit of those. Oh, there's no doubt. Like, I know you have all the the different uh, prints for all the different schools and every national championship they've won. Um, but, I mean, I, I think for a for a school that loves baseball and is all about the sport and how it um, is essentially a second football season, I think you would uh, – I think it would serve you well to do it. Yeah. But once, uh, once this flag clears, I'll, uh, I'll dig into that a little more. All right, cool. Um, so let's just start from the beginning. Um, I was looking at the website uh, earlier today. Uh, you, you basically talked about how you, you know, you, you mentioned already you were born in Alabama, you went to Ole Miss. Um, so before we, before we talk about how you started old try i do have to ask you you said you went in the late 90s uh so what was your what was your experience like with Ole Miss in general and then just with uh with sports like what was what was college football like for you we just talked about baseball what was baseball like back in those days uh what, what was oxford like so i was a freshman in 99 um which means that i tracked right there along with eli and so um you might have heard of of that. Um, he was a, a middling quarterback um, as a freshman, and mm-hmm. uh, and then yeah, stuck around for fifth year senior year because uh, so did Eli. So uh, you know, football was was the the Eli Manning era. So it was great. It was fun. Um, basketball. We you know we went to the Sweet Sixteen while I was there, um, and so it was kind of cool because I was a. Um, a, a TA in, uh, in the outdoor program. Um, I worked at Ole Miss Outdoors and uh, was a TA for the canoeing class. So a bunch of the guys on the basketball team, Jason Flanagan and Richard Harris and uh, Jason Harrison were, um, were in the canoeing class. So I was their teacher there. So I was like, cool. Got some sweet 16 dudes in the pool uh, at the Turner center. Um, and baseball wasn't, wasn't a whole lot to write home about. Um, you know, it just didn't, I, I am so thankful that Ole Miss turned the corner and realized that like the weather and the fact that you can drink out, you know, on town land and all that uh, all came together and people were like, wait a second, why aren't we watching more baseball? This is awesome. So you, you get to experience Eli Manning as a quarterback. Uh, you get to experience sweet 16 and you kind of see the, I guess you were there when Mike Bianco was hired and kind of, see the infancy of the of the turnaround of that program at Ole Miss but so you leave you leave Ole Miss you uh tell us tell us kind of what you did after college and then just the lead up to starting Old Try and how you got to where you were like I'm gonna start a company where I'm gonna design 
cool prints for people to hang in their in their houses. So I left, like I said, in December, so December of my fifth year, and I was a business major uh, and couldn't couldn't shake the fact that I wanted to be a designer. I designed all through college um, uh, and had made posters for Proud Larry's and and Old Miss Outdoors and like designed a bunch of logos and stuff. And so I decided I was interviewing for jobs like selling air conditioners in Dallas. I was like, this is gonna be the worst thing if I go do that. I will make $18,000 and I will think that I've struck gold and I will never look back. And, and then I will always think about what if I would have tried my hand at design? So I left Ole Miss, went to Atlanta to a, uh, to a portfolio school. So studied graphic design um, at a school that, that did art direction, copywriting, um, commercial photography, and, and p- package design, things like that. Spent two years in Atlanta and then got a job as a junior art director in North Carolina at an ad agency. Um, which was my goal. I wanted to go into an, an ad agency and be an art director. So um, got got my in and started designing uh, stuff professionally in whatever that was, 2005, um, and, and working on Audi and Sony. And uh, met my wife there in, in North Carolina. And then after a couple of years, we moved to, to Boston. Sorry, were you... Someone say something. No, I think there's no, feedback because I'm probably fidgeting or something. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> no. um, I'm, I'm trying to watch this thing with your hand pop up on the uh, interface. <laughs> so we, we moved up to Boston in 2007 uh, and have, have been here since then. And so, yeah, the, the way that old try started was that, um, I, after being here for four years, really, um, really started kind of just thinking about like what, what it meant to be a Southerner and, and felt very disconnected from home, uh, because we lived in new England also felt very kind of disconnected from new England because we weren't from here. And I went to the library and went to the Southern studies section and started reading books by a number of other expat Southerners who had moved North, um, Curtis Wilkie and, um, uh, uh, Roy Blunt Jr. And, and Wolf, um, who wrote the web and the rock back in like the twenties. Um, and was just started kind of, you know, being with these other, you know, these other writers who were talking about that, that feeling of, of home and the pool of home and the attraction of home, but also kind of the repulsion and the, 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 the duality of, of the place. Um, and so I just, uh, I, I was really just thinking more about home and thinking about the South. Um, and then we, we went back to Ole Miss for a football game. And as your listeners will know, I have to explain this in great detail to, to other people. Um, but since I wasn't in a frat at Ole Miss, I never dressed up, but I'd started dressing nicely and wearing suits and ties and we went back to Ole Miss and I thought, you know, I want to wear something that, that's nice, but I don't want to wear a, a you know, blue blazer um, and, and, you know, just look like a, a frat guy because I don't look like I'm much out of college anyway. So my wife made me a letter sweater. Um, so I got a, a red M, you know, just a block M sewn onto a blue sweater. 
and wore that back to to an LSU game. And I mean, it brought the house down. Uh, mothers from Dallas and, and rednecks from, you know, Iuka were like, that is cool. And so then on the, on, I was like, here's what we're going to do, man. We're going to start a, a, a college, uh, just a throwback company. We'll make throwback collegiate gear that looks like, you know, really classic and, you know, 1890s to like 1920s. And we'll call it the old try. That's where the name comes from, the old college try. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I designed designed up uh, a logo, as I want to do, and put together like a lookbook of all this different stuff. Uh, went through old yearbooks, North Carolina yearbooks, where my wife went, uh, old Miss yearbooks, you know, pulled out a bunch of stuff to kind of put together. And then someone told me about college licensing and how impossible it is. So then that that idea kind of uh, came to a screeching halt. So do you remember what your first ultra design was? Uh, Let's let's do the first design that you ever did. And then what was the first design that you sold as a business? Yeah. So we, so um, in the, so there was about a year that passed between kind of the old tries, a nugget of an idea. And then, um, and then the tornadoes in, in uh, Alabama in 2011 in April or whenever that was April or May, um, and so that, then I was like, you know what? I know print design. I know letterpress printers around. I can do this. I don't have to get any, you know, licensing. If we were to pivot from doing college stuff to doing stuff that's all about, about, you know, place and, and where you're from. And so, uh, our first 10 designs were all, uh, were all based on places that I'd lived. So the, the first, um, I had two Alabama prints, two Mississippi prints, two Georgia, two North Carolina, and then um, one that said, love me some Jesus, and one that was uh, just the the coordinates of the Mason-Dixon line, um, 3943. And those are the first 10 designs that we, that we drew up. And then the first one that I sold was to a, a buddy of mine who lived up here from Georgia. So it was uh, the first, first dollars we made were on a Georgia print. <laughs> so what were you doing before I get, what was your full-time job before this? And, and at what point did you kind of, kind of stop doing that and say, you know, I think I can make it, make it in this, you know, kind of realm. I think, I think that I can make a living doing this. Well, uh, funny story, 10 years in still not making a living doing it. Um, <laughs> my, so I still have a full-time uh, day job and just do oh, wow, this, okay. you know, in the hours I can eke out between being a, a dad and a husband um, but my wife left her job after a year and a half to run kind of the operations for it. And so, uh, it just got too, too busy. You know, after a year and a half, Mariana just said, look, we spend no mornings together, no evenings together. Like we don't travel on the weekends. What, like, I want to get out more. And I was like, Man, I really need you to see how much, uh, you know, stuff I'm having to wrap up and mail out. Um, and, and we just had a discussion and, I like what I'm doing as a, as a designer and kind of have, you know, want to continue to do it and just had the, uh, you know, more of the kind of um, career pathing um, figured out. So, so my wife, um, bless her heart, uh, you know, as a, as a team player, she left her job. And so she's been doing old try full time for however long it is, seven years now. As far as I guess the, you talked about the the early designs and those seem to be pretty pretty simple to come up with you said that they the inspiration you know was derived from where you lived or where you grew up or where you're from 
I think that that's that I, I do that a lot with uh, like I remember we went to uh, when we went to my wife and I went to Colorado uh, right before um, our son was born and we went up to uh, Buffalo Bills Museum and did a little hike up there and they had a little gift shop and they had all, a magnet for each state. And so I kind of had that similar thought like you did when you were going, you know, what do I need to design? So when we were up there in the gift shop, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to buy a magnet for each place that we have lived. And so I feel like, you know, coming up with designs for things that you like hold near and dear is, is pretty easy. But once it got to where you were like, well, we got to do designs for everybody. Um, How did you go about doing that was there a certain order or was it just kind of you know as they came as as they came to mind like as they popped in your brain you were like oh that's a cool design was it something where you would just run over to the computer and start designing or did you kind of have like an actual plan for for each design and how you were going to go about that mainly it was a list of just stuff that you know i thought oh we've been to mammoth cave in kentucky you know as like eight-year-olds and that just held kind of a place in my memory. So I, I just had a list, kind of a running list of all these these things and places and themes that I wanted to explore. Um, and so we we kind of did it haphazardly. Um, it was all it was all the South for a long time. Like um, I, we had a section on our site called "Bless Their Hearts" uh, that had like a Detroit print and like a California print, and that was all that was in there because all the rest was <laughs> Southern stuff. Um, and, uh, and then as we kept building stuff out, you know, I just found myself returning to the same places that I know North Carolina, North Carolina extremely well. And so it's represented well on our site, you know, Missouri, I'm, I'm doing you know, pretty poor there. Um, and, uh, and it's hard to find, to find things to, to know about that aren't, you know, cliche. Um, we have a show me pennant and I'm like, cool. I know that about Missouri. It's the show me state. <laughs> So did did you have one, or I, I guess what is one, maybe one print that surprised you or, or what's your most, um, your most purchased print or t-shirt or whatever it is, your most popular one? The most popular by a factor of like 20 is the manners print. The one that says, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir, please, thank you. We are, <laughs> we are in the 20th edition of those and we print a hundred per edition. So, um, oh my gosh. There, there are a lot of kids' playrooms and, and a lot of kids that are really frustrated with us. Wait, so you've you've sold two thousand of those, yeah, or yeah. roughly. I mean, wow. So okay, what about uh, a college? Is there been one? You know, is the the people from Georgia or maybe the the Yellowhammer State that have bought a ton? Um, for you know, for colleges, it really is because North Carolina. Since my wife went to UNC Chapel Hill and I went to Ole Miss, those. I just can come up with those prints all day long. Like I could probably open a old tribe uh, or an old miss old tribe, you know, print shop alone uh, and never exhaust that well. And so we end up selling most of, you know, more old miss stuff than anywhere else, just because we have so many options. Um, mm. Clemson, Clemson sells really well. Um, and that was, you know, of course, in hindsight, we see it like, well, yeah, they're, they're winning. Um, but when we started, it took me a long time to get a Clemson print. Cause I'm, you know, they were kind of a, a non-factor, really, uh, but really, really uh, rabid fans, and so so those sell really well. Yeah, I, 
trust me, I'm, I'm well aware that there is a print listing all of the national titles for North Carolina, but I don't see the same print for Duke. <laughs> and you won't. <laughs> so, so there's some bridges you can't cross. Yeah, but it took us a long time to even have a Duke print at all. My wife's like, you're going to use our money and spend it on Duke. Unless you <laughs> that and, uh, give it to the UNC Alumni Foundation. Uh, tell you what, tell, you go ahead and tell her that if you'll if you'll make one with Duke's uh, with Duke's national titles, you you got one person that'll buy it guaranteed. I'll go ahead and I tell you, I might even grab two actually. Nice. Uh, I, I I talk smack with uh, uh, Ben Napier, a uh, friend of mine. Is a his dad went to seminary in Duke, and so he's always you know during basketball season, it just doesn't stop. <laughs> so it. It's wild that uh, you talked about how Clemson just kind of came out of nowhere. It's wild how how good they are now. I've, I guess it's just the camaraderie at that program. Um, yeah, <laughs> the lake there is nice. It has the town just really out. sprouted up in the, in the late mm-hmm. the, the late aughts. Just came out of nowhere. Um, what would you say? Uh, are you comfortable revealing which print sells the best overall? Did you say the best? Yeah. So what's like the most popular one, like just sheer numbers? Like what's the what's the one that just really brings the bacon home? Oh, yeah. That, that Manners print that we were just talking about. That okay. Like that, two, that's it? 2,000 of them. Uh, yeah. I mean, there, there are other ones that sell well, but like the, like we have one that says this place is home. And um, hold on, I'm stepping away to look at my shelf. That is uh, That's in its eighth edition. Um, but that's probably like the, the closest one to manners. So it's a, it's a runaway, uh, with the manners print. Okay. Full disclosure. I was, uh, typing something when Nick asked that, he just told me that he already <laughs> asked that question. So yeah, we'll, we'll, just edit, we'll just edit that out. It'll be fine. Yeah. We can do it in, we can do it in post. Um, okay. Uh, so so... Back, back on Clemson real quick. I just noticed that okay. there's a Clemson won a national title in 1981. Didn't win one for a while, but they've won three in the last five years. It just seems crazy that. Uh, the little program that could, you know, Grenada with the lake basically over there in, in Clemson is uh, is winning national titles. Is uh, I did want to ask about um, the Waffle House prints. Did you ever get any pushback from from them as as far as? Uh, licensing, or I don't know if you even needed it, but I just I, I know quite a few of my friends um, have those in their in their kitchen in their house, and I personally love Waffle House and will always cherish it and hold it near and dear. But did did they ever give you any 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 trouble? I, I haven't I haven't yet had the Waffle House police show up at the house. Um, you know, kind of the nice the nice thing is that uh, it, it kind of there are things that you can't touch, of course, you know, and, and like when we first printed, uh, Ole Miss hadn't, or the lawyer that we had looking into stuff, couldn't find a trademark for hotty toddy gosh, Almighty, which is one reason we printed it. You know, we've never printed anything that says Ole Miss because that's trademark mm-hmm. that been forever. And so there are, there are things that you can't touch, um, but you can go find the trademark sheets and say, okay, well we can slide right up against this one here Uh, and get close, but it's not protected. Um, Schools have, you know, have really also gotten savvy, you know, like Auburn has looked at probably things that we print and people like us and they go, well, 
at one point they probably had seven things that were trademarked and, and copyrighted. Um, and it was, you know, like war Eagle and Auburn tigers and on the plains. And now they have every line of their alma mater and all their cheers, each line broken out individually and trademarked. Mm. So that, um, people like me, they go, Oh, there's this really cool line in the fight song. They're like, you can't use that. Um, so similar to, to Waffle House, like, I don't know, they probably should trademark, you know, the, the different ways to do hash browns, you know, in, in a lockup. But I was, uh, uh, we printed up, I'm like, well, I don't, I don't see it's trademarked. It's not like on the menu, like it comes, you know, with the big Denny slam with a trademark symbol beside it. <laughs> so if, we, when if the Masters hasn't called stop, you about the Pimento but if, if the Masters hadn't called you about the Pepino cheese, domestic beer, import beer, if they haven't called you yet, or you don't have a, a red, you know, red dot appearing on your forehead, then then they may not come after you because if anyone's going to come after you, it's going to be Augusta mm-hmm. National. I mean, that that's no doubt. Well, so if if you've got, um, like you said, the hottie top, the Gosh Almighty one from from Ole Miss, if you've printed those and you know you're in your third run or whatever, so you've you've definitely had a little bit of a background, and then they go out and trademark that. Is it cease and desist going forward, or are you kind of grandfathered in because you'd already been doing it? No, um, yeah, you, you. When we see that stuff's trademarked like that, we just end up kind of pulling it off the site and then just chuck in the paper. Um, we've never received a cease and desist, um, mm-hmm. and uh, and on the contrary, got an order. Um, the the COO of the SEC is an old Miss guy, and they bought mm-hmm. fifteen. 15- 15 prints from our of of ours to put up in the sec office um and oh, so they wow. bought one for for every school and i was like well if the feds are gonna come knocking this would be right now and i was like this could be a sting <laughs> home office wow okay yeah I, I yeah like like nick said i guess unless uh you know somebody comes beating down your door i think you might as well i what do they always say easier to ask for forgiveness and permission so um might as well just keep churning it out uh is there a particular um i would say i don't want to ask this question so obviously with the things that are happening in the world right now with the social climate and just everything we don't have to get into specifics with that but Ole Miss and and rebels i don't think ole miss and i don't know how nick what you, how you feel about this i don't think ole miss is in as much trouble or jeopardy as rebels is um we've kicked around ideas of you know what they should change the nickname to and mm. i i'm kind of like just go head first like i guess literally and figuratively here head first back into the flood i, I think that's cool it's unique it's unique to the school it's the old nickname that was uh, back before they changed it to Rebels, I think that it would be uh, a lot of fun to try to come up with uh, a mascot, a logo, a design, things like that. Have you ever thought about looking into designing something like that for an old mascot or an old nickname like that from the you know early 20s, 30s? Um, I, I haven't. Um, I to your point, I mean, I think the time's going to come, you know, like I've found myself even distancing from using Ole Miss because as more comes out and, and I think that kind of all these symbols, you know, in flags and, and, and phrases and whatever, 
I think they carry the burden of, of kind of where they've been defined. Um, and by that, I mean, if you look at, you know, the, the St. George's cross or the, the, the cross of Burgundy, they're, you know, the things that are on the Alabama flag, they go, they go back to, you know, the 1500s, they're extremely old, but if in some documentation in the 1890s, you say, well, you know, in honor of, you know, white power, we're going to use this symbol. You're like, well, you just lost the ability to use it. And so, you know, the origin story of Ole Miss as, as how the phrase came up, I think the days are numbered of, of us using it. Um, I actually am on the opposite side. I think rebels generally is something that I think you could pretty easily justify kind of keeping it because you've, you've stripped, you've stripped the imagery of it. Um, and, and, and so the, the word, you know, could potentially go away. But anyway, I now wear like my, you know, U of M hat instead of my Ole Miss script hat, just because I'm like, you know, I, I, in reading the, the origin of Ole Miss, don't know that, that I want to, you know, I want to be more conscious of how I use it. Um, and just aware, uh, you know, of kind of the ground that it's on. And um, so, so anyway, going back so to the my, flood, I think it'd be awesome. And well, I was going to say for me and how I flipped it to where I think rebels is something that can obviously be used against Ole Miss or just not, yeah. not, not really used against, but like, Hey, obviously rebels was associated with the Confederacy. Yeah. I feel like Ole Miss is safe because look, there's, Obviously, there's people out there that have said, you know, oh, this this is where it came from. It's bad. It, it obviously has, you know, slavery. Uh, you know, it started in slavery, you know, when, uh, you know, the, the plantation owner's wife, blah, blah, blah. I don't really think that that has been anywhere close to proven true. And I've seen other, you know, either it came from the river the old river, like the old Miss river, like the old Mississippi river. Like that was a, that was a phrase that people said back in the day. And then the one that I've seen a ton is the old Miss locomotive train that ran uh, from Memphis to new Orleans. And then eventually went up to Chicago as well. And uh, WC handy wrote a song about it. Um, I've seen that a lot. So I feel like that's almost kind of a stand that Ole Miss could take similar to what the Braves did where the, the Atlanta Braves were just like, look, we're going to be the Braves this is what we're doing. Like they've done whatever they've done with the native American people of Georgia or whoever they've, they've kind of taken their stand. And I think the university could do that here as well. Like, look, nobody really knows, like you mentioned about hottie toddy, like there wasn't any kind of trademark or copyright there. So that's just me. And this is, you know, obviously a conversation for another day, but that's just kind of my take on it. And yeah, I mean, like you said, if if you don't feel comfortable wearing that just because there is that out there, then yeah, that's obviously something that that uh, you know, I certainly respect and you can, you know, wear whatever you want, but that's just kind of my thought and I I don't know, Nick, if you have any strong feelings about this. I feel like it's something that they could say, "Look, nobody really knows." Um, but yeah, that's just me. Yeah, I I mean, I think so too. I mean, I I don't necessarily agree that Rebels is um, is a ton uh, is is less safe than I guess an Ole Miss. They're both kind of right there on the precipice. I could see it going either way. If you told me in in twenty years one of them was gone, I'd probably say that Rebels are gone. Um, just because I think that that to to fans, and maybe that's not who who they'll be focused on, but to fans, I think you can sell a rebranding of the mascot more easily than you can resell. I don't know. Rebranding to Mississippi 
which is, I, I guess, our, our name anyway, it's, it's just a little more boring than, say, rebranding to, like, The Flood or something like that. Yeah. Well, in, in the, the thing that, that I wanted to call out, I wanted to find it so I didn't kind of misrepresent it. But in what I was talking about, like, the burden that, that you have from the language. So the, the I think the reason the old, that Ole Miss will, will go is in the uh, Daily Mississippi in 1939, uh, headline says Ole Miss takes its name from darky dialect, not abbreviation of state. And then is a story about how Elma Meek in 1898 suggested the name Ole Miss. So when it's when it's printed and it's there, and you're like, well, you could you could defend it in whatever 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 other ways. But then when it was named because one student suggested it based on this justification, I'm like, well, that's the burden that this word is that this name is carrying. Uh-huh. And so that's why I'm like, well. If when it goes, I will not be surprised that it goes. Uh, you yeah. know, love it in my heart, but we'll learn to move beyond it and love something else. It's hard to read some of that old time stuff. I mean, darky dialect. What? What on earth? Yeah. Good board. Uh, I mean, that's just insane. Yeah, I, I, and I understand that it was a different time and stuff. And, and they, but golly, that's just hard. To, hard to read and hard to see that those, some of those words that they used back then. Yeah, for sure. I was trying to find a uh, – I was trying to see if there was any kind of design for a mascot or a logo back when uh, Ole Miss was the Flood. And I went back and because they have all of the uh, yearbooks in PDF or – they're all on the internet. They're all in archives. So I went back and looked and, you know, I found the I found the year when they changed to Rebels and so I just worked my way back and – I do not uh I, I would not recommend going back and looking at old yearbooks from back then. It is uh my gosh, it is they I'll say this, they don't need to be on the internet anywhere. They need to just be destroyed because I know that if I know that the University of Mississippi wasn't the only school that that had these types of issues and like Nick said it was a different time, but man, it was just wild and crazy of what they had in yearbooks. What what year did you see? What year they they uh, moved to Rebels for the mascot or the the name? Do you remember? Nick, you have to help me here. I think it was nineteen twenty twenty nine or thirty. I believe. I'll need to do a quick Google here. I think it was. I can uh try to find it really quick. I think that's when it was, but. I could not find anything in terms of, uh, you know, any kind of design for the name or a logo or anything like that. Um, and, and so you I, know, I, I think it would be cool for the flood. You know, I, I think that we, it's interesting how we accept a lot of things like Crimson Tide, you know, and it comes out of, out of something that just happens and, and you're like, great, yeah, there's an elephant on the field, and there's the Crimson Tide over there, and there's, you know, all these disparate parts that kind of play together. And, and I've always felt that that, you know, since we've changed all kinds of stuff, you know, so much, um, that, that people, uh, people are like, well, I don't understand, are you a bear, are you a shark, are you a rebel? What, what the hell are you? And you're like, a bunch of schools have a bunch of things, and, uh, you know, be the flood, why not? That'd be cool. Yeah, I mean, I've, Keep the land shark. Yeah, I mean, you could keep the you could keep the land shark, the the mascot on the sideline. Um, 
I mean, I've gone as far as, you know, looking at some, you know, Tulane logos. And like, there was one that I found of yeah. the Pel- the Pelican surfing. And I was like, you could do a play off that and have like a catfish surfing. And <laughs> or the catfish in the uh, chair that someone submitted the old drunk uh, friendly catfish. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> that should be the mascot. It should. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was like, you could have a catfish mascot, just a goofy looking, you know, just kind of do from, like you said, that uh, flag submission. I mean, you could nick, you, you could name name Call the catfish. Artist. Yeah, that I was gonna say, just nicknaming Muddy Waters, and you're good. Um, yeah, I mean, I I would love to see. I mean, hell, they could do it just like the state flag. Just have people send in submissions. I mean, you'd have a ton of stuff that you definitely couldn't use, but then you would have people like you that are very, very talented and have a lot of good ideas. And, you know, who knows? You could – people might laugh at it and say, oh, you needed to have to, a fan submission to find a, a logo or whatever, but who cares? Did they do that? So I, I can't remember if it was when I was still at Ole Miss or it was just after I'd left, but when they brought in – you know, the mascots, it was like Mr. Clean, and it was like the dude in the stretch red sock. Yeah. Um, do you remember that? Yeah, it was Rebel Man. Yeah. Rebel Man. <laughs> yeah. That was like yeah, Rebel- 05? That, no, the mascot was 08? 09? No, because right. we, we, we redid it with the bear and I was an undergrad and I got there in 09. I feel like that happened in maybe like 11. So the, the rebel man would have to have happened a little earlier, maybe like 07. It was kind of in that, that Orgeron dark era back when things were real. We, say, we were I bad was... on the field, bad off the field. <laughs> I, was it, it say, I mean, I was there. I voted for it. I just can't remember what year. So it was, it was 03 when they were doing these things. Bruiser was one of them. Pump, uh, bruisers, a cartoon oh, version, <laughs> and and so so Brutish is the pumped up version of the old Colonel. Rowdy is a bald tackling football player. Rowdy, um, they're uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was bad. There were two really just awful, awful options in two thousand three. So Bruiser, if I remember correctly, as as our uh, as our uh, our our boss man uh, Bob likes to call him. The, he, he's a, he's a big horny boy. He's, <laughs> he's the like super jacked, like a oh, big football player, like with you know he's got the like Ezekiel Elliott jersey, where it's like midriff is showing because he's so jacked and so big. That's awesome. Yeah, those were those were almost worse than what we voted on uh, eventually. But uh, I think there's um, no doubt. I'm, I mean, the bear was. The bear was way better than what you've listed thus far with 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 Bruiser and Rebel Man and oh oh yeah absolutely. Um, hey, well, well, one last thing, Mike on Ultra. Uh, what's yep. what's one design, and it doesn't have to be one of your most popular. I mean, you could have sold two of them. What's one design that when you finished it, you were just like, man, this is this was good. This is one of my my I'm most proud of works. The banjo print that's called Five String. Um, I just really like, I, I like that it uses the, the white of the paper to, to be the, um, the drum on the banjo there. Um, you know, it's kind of punched in, uh, and so it's not fully rendered on there. Um, I just think it's a nice, nice clean print. And, uh, uh, it's one of the few that we have that's an illustration and not type, um, which is probably one reason I like it too. 
you said it was called five string. So I found that in, five in West Virginia. Is that, yeah, that's a good, that's a good looking one. Very nice. And, and for, for everyone, you know, following along here, you can go to the old trot.com. It's the website, but that, that's kind of what I was looking at. I was just kind of curious. Do you anticipate whether or not your submission wins uh, running that on the site? Uh, do it. Yeah. I think whatever flag, you know, Mississippi picks will, will print up um, as if we can, you know, some of these things are so hard and they're like, you know, five colors and really crazy kind of rendering and, and we will print up a version of it that is the best version of it. Um, but there's uh, you know, currently there's about 10 options that I think are really good and, and we'll, we will make a letterpress print of whatever goes. Cause we're, we have to retire the blocks from the Stennis print. Uh, cause that's now, uh, trademarked as a design, um, since it won't be the flag, but, uh, yeah, we're all in, man. We're going to print up whatever wins. So I was trying to find it before, uh, we let you go. Um, and I'll just, once I find it, I'll just, I'll send you a message of the actual year when the flood, like the last year, the flood was the, uh, nickname, um, the 1953 old Miss year book. Yeah. They just went ahead and just threw the stars and bars on the front. That's it. Just, just the flag. Yeah. Punt on first down. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. That's good. Uh, well, Micah, I, this is, this has been a ton of fun. This has been incredibly interesting. Uh, just, I'm a huge flag nerd. I, I love flags and just everything that goes into designing them. And uh, this was, I think I speak for Nick. It was, it was a ton of fun uh, talking with you and, and, and getting to know you and, and kind of how you go about, you know, day-to-day life as a, as a designer. So we, we appreciate you joining us, man. Yeah. Well, it's a, a longtime listener. Uh, you know, used to hang out with Bob when he was up here in grad school and uh, been, been following along for a long time. So I appreciate you guys and the representation that you, that you are um, for Ole Miss and for the state of Mississippi as well. So um, thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. Thank you. We, we appreciate the kind words. Uh, like Nick said, you can find all of Micah's work at theoldtry.com. And uh, you can also follow him on Twitter at theoldtry. And then, Micah, I don't have it pulled up. Is Instagram theoldtry or just oldtry? I think it's theoldtry. Okay. You can you can find him everywhere. Find all of his stuff. Go buy some prints. Uh, hang them all over your house. They're awesome. Um I'm actually looking at some right now because I was looking at the website and Hey, I guess that's, I guess that's, I guess that's kind of how you design the website, huh? Just kind of just pulls you in. That's how we do it. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to do it for podcast rebellion. Uh, go follow Micah, go buy some prints and, uh, hell, if you can vote, vote for his, uh, submission for the, uh, for the state flag. So for Micah, for Nick, I'm Zach. This has been podcast rebellion. Thank you all for listening. Stay safe out there. We out.